Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that chasing health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another Q&A. And actually, we just we were just chatting before this, and we actually just decided we need to put a name to this Q&A segment that we're doing every week now. And, and I can... I could even see this starting to evolve into more than just Q&A. Like we're definitely going to keep up the Q&As, but every once in a while, like for the example of this episode, which we'll talk about in a minute, we might kind of pick more of a, more of a, like a similar topic to kind of talk about for the majority of the episode. Um, but we're going to be calling this the coaches Roundtable. a great way for you guys to get three perspectives, opinions, and from three different coaches, which is always great. You know, the more the merrier, right? So welcome back guys. Yeah, we all talk way too much to have this just be a Q&A and we're all too opinionated and and want to want to put our stuff out there way too much to just be like answering questions. We'll do a lot, lot of that, but we'll also definitely give our opinion. Does it also <laughs> count as a round table if I'm standing at a square desk? Food for thought. This is true. <laughs> gosh. Oh gosh, guys. Well, Welcome uh... back. <laughs> No, I, I feel like guys, like, honestly, like, we want to keep doing more questions for you guys, but we need some more questions from you guys. So like, this is something that we were actually just chatting about as well before we hit record here. Like, we want to get more questions from you guys. Like, what is it that you want to know about? And it doesn't have to be anything complex. It doesn't have to be anything hard or like really interesting. Even like, it can be the simplest questions, you know, anything, and- fitness, nutrition, mindset, meal timing, supplements, anything you could possibly think of what our favorite color is. <laughs> Mine's blue. Green is the superior color. Uh, <laughs> See, I, I'm. It's funny because I actually used to say green, but I'm now more blue. So I don't know. At, hence, hence the um, headset and microphone that are all blue. But I'm wearing a green sweatshirt. Green and, sweatshirt. I got, and I got all the colors up on the wall. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and dive into this. Um, I think first we wanted to chat about for those who are in our groups already, you may have heard us talking about this and we just launched registration for this, but we are starting up the momentum building challenge. When you guys want to talk more about that, what we're doing? Yeah. Hashtag momentum 23. Uh, this is a really cool thing that we're all doing. We kind of came together chasing health and maximum evolution fitness where uh, we're we're really just, we're coming together as two coaching companies, two people with similar ideals to help you build some really awesome momentum going into 2023. And, and the really cool thing I like about this, and Abigail said this really well in our group chat earlier, is this is nothing to do with, like, there's no winner or loser. This is just you beating you and you helping yourself. So like you coming in here and like, we have five tasks we're doing and I'll let one of you get into that. Um, but like, you can tell us that you did all five tasks, even if you didn't. And it does nothing for us. The only thing that you're doing is screwing yourself over. So like, it's a really cool challenge where it's like, let's go all in on ourselves and let's build these, this momentum so that we no longer have to be in the same position going into 2024 and being like, Oh, this is a new year. I'm going to do it this time. Like you get to actually make a real life change here. And you get to have three people who have been there, been through that journey um, with the support and you have us there, you have your peers there. And it's just going to be a really cool challenge to help you start the new year off right. Yeah, absolutely. Abigail, do you want to talk more about the five things we're doing? Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to add that the cool thing about this is the three of us aren't a huge fan of crazy intense challenges. You can only do so much in 30 days or six weeks or whatever. That's not very sustainable. Um, this challenge you can do for the 30 days of January, 31 days, whatever, you can also continue it for another six months or all 365 days of this year. It's, it's something that's totally sustainable and in your control and things that most of us do daily, regardless, it's just kind of part of our, um, habit and routine now. So it's pretty cool. Um, if you want, I will dive into the five kind of habits that we're starting in January. And we set these up to where they can be super individualized and personalized for your needs. 
So we're not trying to like tell everyone to do a certain amount of things every day. It's very much like how we coach. It's going to be very individualized to what you need and where you are. So the first one is tracking, tracking your food, logging it using chronometer, my fitness pal, um, whatever you use to track your food, even if it's, you know, pictures or a diary or journal, if you don't have an online app, but we are not giving you any calorie goals here. This is simply to create some awareness. So this applies to, I know I'm in a deficit right now, Chase and Brevin aren't. Um, so, but we're still tracking, we're all checking off the same box. Um, so this applies if you're in a deficit, if you're bulking, if you're at maintenance, um, wherever you are, we just want to establish some awareness and some habits into just having that awareness around what you're eating. The next habit is step counts, um, getting your steps in every single day. So this could be, I have a couple clients with, you know, a 3000 a day step goal. Um, my personal one is 10,000 a day. Chase, what's yours? Mine's 8,000. 8,000? Same. Same, mine's 8,000. Awesome. So again, all different step counts. I have some people who are hitting 12, 15,000 steps consistently daily. Regardless, whatever it is, hit that as your habit. And, and for this, I definitely want to say, if you're joining this challenge, create something super realistic and sustainable. If you're averaging like two to 3,000 steps right now, don't make 10,000 your goal. <laughs> You can always go up people. Exactly. <laughs> right. Give yourself some room to build um, and give yourself some ways to win in small challenge chunks. So if you're at like two or 3000 steps a day, shoot for five. If you're at six or seven right now, shoot for eight or nine. Um, just little bumps up. The third is getting some sort of movement in intentionally moving your body every single day. Um, this is important. Uh, and if you work with me, you know, I talk a lot about just play as adults, we kind of lose that priority as kids. Like you're playing all the time. You're climbing trees, you're walking, you're swimming, you're jumping, you're flipping, you're doing all these things with your body. And it's super duper important to find that as an adult. Um, so whether it is trying a new activity, trying a sport, you can do a walk as your movement. You can do a workout, a hike, um, or try something new this year. You know, I started jujitsu last year and I'm obsessed and I would never have ever in a million years thought I'd be <laughs> rolling on a mat <laughs> with jujitsu. So don't piss her off. She'll beat your ass. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I would calmly just make you fall asleep. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> and I love how she said calmly make you fall asleep. <laughs> like, no big Very, deal. It's a gentle violence. Um <laughs> But that being said, any form of movement, again, this is up to where you are and what you have the capacity for right now. Um, the fourth habit, dun, 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 the one the dreaded one, the pushback on is cold showers. There are a ton of physical benefits to this. There are a ton of physiological benefits to this. Um, the main one that we are trying to build here is some mental toughness. So I made a post in Chase's Facebook group about the, the hardest thing you do every day is the hardest thing you do that day. Meaning if driving to work is the most stressful part of your day, that's going to be a stressful activity. Um, but if you are juggling, you know, three kids and working full time and having dinner, cooking dinner and trying to do meal prep and all that, your stress capacity is going to be a little bit higher. So regardless of where you are putting yourself into intentionally uncomfortable situations is going to help increase your capacity so that the other hard things throughout your day seem a little easier. If that makes sense. And it's guys, I, building mental toughness is so huge on your fitness journey. Mm -hmm. And and that's probably the, I know we've been getting a ton of pushback from that. And I know many of you probably are listening right now and, you, and you're thinking, yep, I've, I'm one of those that's been not too happy about it. And, and I get it. Trust me. I've done it a couple of times already. You know, we started this a couple of days ago and not going to lie. It sucks. Yes, it does. But like, like I've got saying like, make this, like, if you make this the hardest thing of your day, the rest just gets easier. Like, it's just like everything else is, it just makes everything else look a little bit easier, honestly. And when you accomplish something that you're like, oh my God, I know this is going to fucking suck. And you accomplish it and you do it. You feel so good and you can carry that on with the rest of your day and get so much, so many more things done and be so much more productive. Cause you're like, 
I really can do anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, start with lukewarm water, right? You don't have to start with zero degree water right off the bat. Full <laughs> send it. <laughs> Ease into it. Again, this is literally just for you to challenge yourself. No one is watching, especially in the shower. So <laughs> uh, this is just something for you to challenge yourself. Unless you and have then, a cat, then you have no privacy in the bathroom anyways. True. Ugh. And <laughs> then the last habit is journaling. So just a quick five minute check-in day daily. And we have the prompts, um, what went well today? What are you grateful for? And what do you need? And you can interpret those again as needed. It can meet um, your needs for wherever you're at, whatever you want out of that. Again, it's just all these challenges are for you to connect more with yourself and kind of have a lot more reflection as you start the year. Yeah. And, and I also wanted to kind of expand on, because we were chatting about the, like, what do you need prompt last night about kind of like, you know, exactly what does that mean? And like, you know, some people might be like a little confused by that question. And so just give kind of a couple, couple examples. Like maybe it's like, maybe you need nourishment. Maybe you're, you know, maybe your nutrition wasn't as, you know, what it normally is that, that day. So maybe the next day you're wanting some more nourishment. Um, maybe if, you know, for mine last night, I had just gotten back from driving home from Virginia back to Michigan and mine was, I, I need my normal routine back. You know, I'm, I'm back home into my normal home setting and I'm ready to get my normal routine back. So what you need, can be very dependent on like what it is the current scenario. And, and like, like she said, interpret it however you want to. Yeah, it's a super open-ended question where you can take it anywhere you want to. It's what you need, not what anyone else needs. Exactly. Awesome. Well guys, let's, so like we, we have this, this challenge and if, if you guys are interested, I will drop um, the link down into the show notes as well. Um, and what that's basically going to do is download the app called Telegram. It's a little white and blue app, has a paper airplane on it. That's our messaging app that we that um, both we both use for our clients. And we're going to have a group chat in there. It's starting January 1st. This podcast will be going out on January 2nd, but it's okay if you're just now hearing this. You're like, I went in this. Great. Join us anytime throughout the month if you'd like to. You'll just go on the download the app first, create an account, and then click on the link in the description of the show notes here. And that will add you right to our group chat. And we'll have instructions pinned at the top of how to get started. And we're gonna be posting more updates throughout the time leading up to the first as well. But but definitely love to have you guys in there again, completely for free, nothing attached to it. This is basically just for you versus you and starting your year strong. And before we jump into uh, the actual podcast, like I want to hear from you guys and I'll dive into it as well. Like what's been your experience in the challenge so far? I know we're what, three days into the challenge. So like, what have you guys found as something that's a struggle, something that surprised you, something that's going well? Like, what have you seen inside the challenge for yourself so far? Happy go. You can get first. I have enjoyed the journaling component more than I thought. I usually gratitude journal pretty frequently. I have like a running list on my phone and my notes section where I just write things that I'm grateful for. And then I refer back to that throughout the day. Like if hard things come up or if I'm just frustrated or bored or my, I can see that my brain's just going somewhere it shouldn't. I could, I have a scroll. I have a list that I can scroll through and it goes back. I think I've been adding to that list for like a year and a half. So I can like scroll way back and see something random on like a Tuesday from last summer. I was like, I'm grateful for the waves hitting the beach this way or something. Um, and that like, I find that super beneficial, but I think the question, what do you need? Like, I don't want to harp on that, but it's, it's interesting. Cause you never take that time to like really. And I, I tend to be a little, we're all our own worst critic. Right. <laughs> so I was noticing that the trends of the questions or the answers this week are like, you know, get your shit together, do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And then taking that a little bit deeper, I was looking at the answers. I'm like, oh, what I actually need is like a little more, you know, intentional, intentional, you know, intentionality in this area or a little more grace in this area and things like that. Yeah. For, for me, it's definitely been the cold showers one has been super hard for me. That's something I've never like always been like, that's so stupid. Why would anybody do that? <laughs> Before I started really understanding like why, like the actual reasons for why we do those. Um, so that's been definitely a new thing for me and a challenge, but I'm doing them. Um, it, it was funny. I, the other day I lost track of my count. I'm pretty sure I went for like 20 seconds rather than like 10, but because nice. <laughs> I was like hyperventilating in the shower, basically couldn't <laughs> control my breath. But that was me with that. But then, and then also like one thing that was really interesting um, with the, just like the really consistent tracking everything that you're putting in your body. Like 
so yesterday, as I mentioned earlier, I traveled from Virginia, Michigan. And a lot of times on travel days, things like that, I'm just like, you know what, like, I'm not going to stress, you know, the tracking and like I'm stopping places, who knows where, whatnot. And yesterday I started tracking and I, I mean, I went over my calorie goal for the day, but, it, and I'm not going to lie. There was definitely that part of me that was just like, I'm like, I'm already going over my calories. Like, I don't want to like, just keep tracking, but it was like, no, like I'm going to do this because this is awareness. This is what we need to see. And yeah, when I got home, like I still had to have dinner that night and I was over my calories already, but it was like, the awareness was good to see, but also it was good to push myself to intentionally still have dinner, still nourish myself. I still need to have dinner because I'm not going to lie. I am a snacker when I'm on the road. I'm just, that's just something I have always done. And it just, not that I have like issues like falling asleep driving, but it's like, it definitely helps me keep more alert. And if I'm just kind of like snack on some little things, nothing like really bad quality. It's just a lot of it. Um, and so, yeah, that was one thing that I had to really kind of focus on yesterday was like, still tracking no matter what it was and acknowledging it and being okay with it and rolling on with it. Yeah. I think this challenge for me has been really, really cool. Um, I mean, we're only a couple of days into it, but in all honesty, over the past, probably two months, ever since we went, whenever we went to Australia, I've been so off my game as far as like nutrition and training, like it's been shit. I've had a lot of things going on and it just, it hasn't been the way that it has for a very long time before that. Um, so really getting into it in the last couple of days, um, I just, I remembered how good I feel when I'm actually taking care of myself and like Chase and I, we live in Michigan right now. It's cold as hell, but we went on a walk yesterday and like, I felt really, really good after that walk. Like yeah. I felt super accomplished. And that's something I've been really slacking on, especially coming into winter. Cause like, it's too damn cold to go outside. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, thank you. Like making every excuse in the book to, to not get this stuff done. So like really pushing myself. And I personally, I love cold showers. Um, just probably the same way I, why I love getting tattoos. Cause like, I love to see how far I can push that like mental pain off or like that. Holy shit, this sucks off. Um, so I think it's a really cool challenge for myself. It's really cold and I hate it, but I also love it at the same time. I'm just going to um, interrupt and say hashtag type eight for you too. I know you both love these kind of things. <laughs> I was going to say, I really relate to that, Brevin. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, with the journaling, I think actually taking the time to like reflect and like, what am I grateful for? Like, not just like, okay, I'm doing all this stuff. I, I, like you said, like being my own worst critic, like taking time to be like, what am I grateful? What do I need for myself? Like, I think that's been a really cool, like introspective part of it. Um, So I think it's been a really cool challenge so far. And I'm excited to, um, to do this for the whole month and and add a bunch of other people in there and just see how they're doing as well. Yeah. We just, I mean, we always record these on Wednesdays, the week before they go out on the next Monday and we just opened registration. I think we're already close to 25 people inside of there, which is really awesome to see. I love that we're getting a big group in there. I love that we're going to be you know, mixing both businesses together and like really getting everyone's participation and support in there. I think it's been really phenomenal. Yeah. And that's because it's really not about like anything for us business related. Like it's really just to help you guys as much as we possibly can and, and to have that support and build the momentum and, and really make that change for you guys. And for ourselves too, like, like Chase and I talked about like, yeah, I want to do this selfishly because like, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of myself the way that I tell everyone else to. I want accountability too. Exactly. Awesome. Anything else guys from either of you on the um, momentum building challenge before we kind of roll into some topics today? I think we've covered it. All right, cool. Well, I know you guys today, we didn't really have necessarily any questions to go over. So we we definitely wanted to touch more on the momentum building challenge um, in the beginning of the podcast. And then we want to kind of pivot into, you know, that's what, so we talked about like what we're doing going into the new year. So we were talking about before we hit record here about some different things that we've all tried and maybe it's like different diets, maybe it's different types of like eating, different types of fitness, training styles, all these different things we've both, we've, we've all three tried and some of us agree that, you know, they're good or bad. And some of us agree that, you know, or disagree that, you know, we have likes or preferences or dislikes on each of these. So I want to kind of just like run through a couple of different topics. And I, you know, one of you guys can just kind of start out like with just one of the topics that we've listed up for you and kind of see where it goes from here. This one's interesting because it's something that I actually follow myself now, um, but Brevin brought it up. So Brevin, I want to hear your thoughts and then I'll share some experiences. 
Yeah. So we were talking about intermittent fasting or time restricted eating. And um, this is something that I actually had a conversation with someone uh, earlier this week about it. So I thought it was a good topic to bring up just to see what everyone really thought about it. Um, and I think the cool thing about dieting is, is there's not a right or wrong answer. It's whatever's going to fit for you and your lifestyle, whatever your preference is. Um, obviously, as, as long as the underlying principles of calorie deficit and calorie surplus maintenance, those kind of things. Like as long as those hold true, as long as you enjoy and can sustain it long-term, if that's what you want to do, then great. Um, so one way that I've utilized, I don't do it personally. I love breakfast. I'm as Chase can attest to in the morning. I'm so hungry every morning. <laughs> like the, the first thing I do. Yeah. The first thing I do is, is make my same breakfast every day. Eggs, egg whites, a bagel, cream cheese, and some uh, shredded cheese on top of that with some hot sauce. It's a fantastic breakfast. I love it. Um, I eat it every single day. Um, I'm weird. But uh, I've used intermittent fasting before um, when I'm in a in a deficit um, and I was training later in the day. Um, I would not eat until about noon. Um, so, I mean, I didn't, it wasn't like a hard and fast rule that I stuck to, but I tried to push off my first meal till noon or one so that I had more uh, food around my workout window and I could really fuel my workout still. And I was staying up a little bit later. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to bed super hungry um, where I could do some stuff and be busy in the morning and not necessarily have to worry about getting those calories in. And I knew my main focus at that time was putting food around my workout window so that I could have the best performance in the gym possible um, and focus on building strength and muscle. Um, now, like I'm at maintenance right now in a slight surplus, even probably. Uh, and I'm definitely not doing that um, because I have the calories and I like breakfast. So I'm going to use it. But if I'm in a deficit again, and I'm training later in the day or something like that, that's a time that I could utilize intermittent fasting. Is it what I'm going to do all the time? Definitely not. But is there a time and place for it? Yes. So I think it's, it's one of those really cool, like it depends statements inside of fitness. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that a, a lot. And actually, so my journey, when I say this journey, my journey this time, you know, started starting back in 2019 when I first started this weight loss journey, the time that actually worked, um, I started with intermittent fasting, uh, just because that was like the fad diet, the thing that was like helping everybody lose weight at the time. So I thought that's what I had to do to lose weight. Um, quickly realized that I missed my breakfast. And I also started to realize more about like what a calorie deficit was. That's all that's required for fat loss. You don't have to be fasting to lose weight and all these different things. So I, I definitely pulled back from that. Even with that, I, I did want to say like, I find myself doing a lot of like what you just mentioned, Brevin, about like still at times, like I will push my first meal back. I mean, like, it's funny, like now, like even like I'm at maintenance, but you, you, I mean, you even see there's some mornings where I get up and I don't have breakfast for a few, couple hours. Dude, I and don't it's, get it. <laughs> it's like nine or 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock before I have my first meal. And, you know, I mean, but I'm not technically like fasting. So I have like cream or my coffee. I might have a banana in the morning, but like, I don't really have an entire meal until like, you know, 10 or 11 or so. And so I definitely do that. And I definitely have utilized it in a uh, deficit definitely as well, because that way I, I would rather have like either three, smaller meals, like closer together or two bigger meals, um, during my day to help with like just controlling hunger and satiety as well. Um, cause also I've noticed just personally myself, like once I start eating throughout the day, that's when like the hunger starts to really pick back up and that's when I want to keep eating throughout the day. So a lot of times it's easier for me just like, just wait until I'm actually am hungry, um, for my first meal. And again, that could be anywhere from nine, 10, 11, 12, one, even like, it just really depends on like my day. So I'm, I'm not necessarily like fasting by any rules, like the 16, eight or anything like that. It just really kind of comes down to what my body's asking for in the, in the moment in that day. And I think, yeah, you and I are kind of on the same page there. Um, and I'm really interested to see what Abigail has to say about it. Um, but it was kind of like almost more of a, an intuitive thing rather than like a, Oh, I'm going to start doing that. Like it just kind of happened like, Oh, Hey, I guess I'm kind of intermittent fasting right now. Yeah. I think the, the important thing to harp on that both of you guys said is that you've tried it with a lot of awareness around how you were already eating training calorie deficit. Like it wasn't the end all be all for just a solution fix. It was literally, um, made with a lot of awareness and education onto why you're making the choices you're making, which any diet it's it's important for that but especially when you hear someone like trying intermittent fasting and they're like i'm gonna lose fat that way i'm like okay well what you know what's your maintenance how long have you been at maintenance what is your deficit what is your training like if you're not having that awareness around 
um, why you're doing what you're doing, it, it's, you know, it's kind of a, it's just a non-issue. Um, so I, after awareness, I had to, when I started working out um, and eating better, but like the first time I, like you said, I had a weight loss journey that was successful. Yeah. I was one of those people like, I'm not a breakfast person. Um, you know, I'm pounding like 9,000 milligrams of caffeine for the first 10 hours of my day. And then <laughs> huge amounts of food at the end of the day. Um, and so I started like many of my clients are starting where I, I had timers for meals, honestly set up. Like I must eat at, you know, between eight and 9 AM. And then again, between 11 and 12 and again, between three and four and again, between seven, like I had to set up timers just to establish some routine and some consistency in my eating. So that's what worked for me. Then I, after maybe a year or so, or almost two years of eating structured routine meals like that, um, turns out I'm still not a breakfast person. I just don't have high levels of hunger first thing in the morning. I also don't drink caffeine, which is important. I'm not one of those people who will wake up and just have coffee for breakfast and then go through the rest of my day. I genuinely have very, very low. We both had two or three cups already and I already ate a 800 calorie meal today. I just found that it's not like I'm not genuinely hungry in the morning. So I am a very, I'm a morning person. So I know that my like prime working hours are literally between like 5am and 7am. I get the most programming done, check-ins, things like that. I go walk my dog. I like jumpstart my day and it's very activity heavy in the morning. And then I'll eat after that. And it just works with my schedule. I also train midday to afternoon. So like what Brevin was saying, I want most of my carbs um, around my training sessions before and after just it, it feels better that way for me physically. Um, so, and also my sleep has improved drastically with longer time for digestion. So again, just being aware that I, and I do, I do a 14 to 15 hour fast. I'm not doing anything like crazy. Um, but it's usually, it's at least 14 hours every night. Um, nothing crazy. And it's not dependent on fat loss. It's just listening to my hunger cues, understanding that I still need to eat. I mean, even in a deficit, I'm over 2000 calories. So that's a lot of food to pack in. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, um, a portion of the day. So I'm still, hitting my numbers and getting all that done. I just know that I like to just power through the mornings and then eat, eat later on. I think that's great. And I think the biggest thing to take away from this for all of us was it's not like, Oh, well, I'm doing intermittent fasting or time restricted eating because it's superior for fat loss. It's because we enjoy it or there's a specific reason we're doing it. But again, like I said, as long as the underlying principles stay the same, as long as it, you enjoy it and it works for you, then great, do it. If it doesn't, then don't do it. It's not magic, yeah. but it can definitely help. Yeah. Next, let's talk, you know, one of the, one of our habits this, um, for this momentum building challenge is tracking. And so I'd love to talk more about, I know, I mean, I don't think Brevin, you and I have really talked a lot about like when we track when we didn't track and things like that. But um, I know Abigail, you and I have talked a lot about, you know, how your journey has changed with tracking and such. So um, I'd love to, for all of us to kind of chat a little bit more about that. Yeah, I'll dive into it, I guess. Um, I'm someone that my journey started with tracking. So it's just something that I've done my entire fitness journey. Um, there's been very few times um, when I've taken intentional time off of tracking. Um, I started out, uh, my roommate back in college, uh, she was really into fitness and everything like that. And I'd lost a little bit of weight, like doing the most random, stupid things ever. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. And she introduced me to tracking and actually introduced me to online coaching. Um, but she introduced me to that. And I just, I started doing it and I was like, I, I actually, I really enjoy this. Like, I feel good when I do it. It helps me build a lot of awareness. Um, like I, I just, I enjoy knowing what I'm doing and feeling like I can still incorporate my favorite foods and hit, know I'm hitting my fitness goals. I, I I'm very data driven. So like, I, I like to know like what my numbers are and adjust accordingly. Um, so something that I never just personally found to be super restrictive um, because I never found it to be restrictive from the very beginning. Um, the way she introduced it to me was, was really good. Um, so it, I think a lot of that's really important is like how you get introduced to it and how you utilize it to start um, and your mindset around it. Um, but I've just 
kept doing it. Um, and then ever since I've had a coach, um, it was just, Hey, let's track. So I know what your numbers are. You know what your numbers are. We can make adjustments. Um, so for me personally, it's never been something that I'm like, this is very restrictive. And I think a lot of that comes down to mindset and how it's utilized. Um, but I, I really do enjoy tracking. And like I said, that's one of my favorite things about getting back into this challenge is like, I had kind of slacked off a little bit and I wasn't necessarily not intentionally tracking. Like I was tracking in my head, um, but not necessarily writing it all down or, or logging it in my fitness pal. And I was definitely going over my calories and like giving myself a little bit more grace than I probably should have. Um, that's that grit or grit versus grace discussion. Um, so it, I feel really, really good when I, I know I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. Abigail. So I track now. Um, I still, I'm, and this is how I was for decades. So I don't assume it's going to go away in three or four years of eating better, but I still am like a habitual go three to four days eating like a thousand calories and then have a day or two where it's like over 3000. If I were left to my own devices, that is how I would eat just regularly. Um, and I think a lot of people are like, if you're one of those people who has great nutrition through the week and then falls off in the weekend, it's kind of like that same pattern where when we're, we're like on autopilot, maybe our hunger cues are off or we're stressed or things like that. So I'm, it's definitely still very ingrained in me. So I track now actually, so I eat enough <laughs> because I can go days eating very little food and be totally fine. Um, and then obviously my body will crash and burn. So then I'll have days over and then there's just no routine or consistency with it. Um, so I find tracking now to be super helpful for eating enough food um, on the days that I am feeling like I could just eat a thousand calories and call it a day. Um, it's also super helpful for, for protein, um, just knowing where I'm at with protein. However, when I started working out and working with my coach, um, when I started before losing any of my weight, I did not track at all. Um, I probably didn't know how to track, <laughs> which was definitely like a huge component. I, I remember trying and I would try every once in a while. And then I knew the numbers were wrong. And like Brevin, I mean, no surprises here. I am very data driven, um, <laughs> incredibly so. And it freaked me out if it was like a gram off or it was you know, cooked versus not cooked or like this restaurant, they didn't have the wheat bread, but they had the white bread. Like I, it just really messed with my head. And thankfully my coach was like, Hey, this is something that could probably get obsessive really quickly and deter from learning the actual habits that you need to learn. Um, I was also way more into the fitness side of things than the nutrition side of things. Um, I was obsessed with training, working out and moving and I like really enjoyed the changes that was happening in my body physically on a strength basis and I started eating to support that so my my eating kind of revolved around training which if you eat a lot of sugar and a lot of crap like carbs and fat and like things that don't contribute to optimal physical health your training sessions go down the tank like you do not feel good you don't sleep well you don't recover well you're sore you don't have the energy um you're not seeing any gains in the like in the gym and so i didn't need tracking per se to help with calories and quality of food because i knew what made my training sessions feel good which is not the best like mental way to approach nutrition um, because that's almost like a, like a reward system. Like if I eat this well enough, then I can have a good workout or, you know, like <laughs> there's a, a correlation there. Um, but also it works and it's, it was more healthy than being, you know, severely unhealthy. Like it was, so it worked for me and I, I didn't track, I lost over hundred pounds without tracking a single week of it. Um, just focusing on food quality, consistent meal timing, um, eating enough throughout the day and avoid like having balanced meals protein was the focus and um no snacking i chase and i have talked about that i just eliminated snack foods altogether yeah yeah one thing i want to i want to jump in there that you said um that with with me coaching powerlifting clients and stuff like that um that's one thing um we'll we'll utilize tracking um actually i'm about to make a post on this girl um today or tomorrow um shout out katie she she was eating like 18 1900 calories when we first started working together um, 
And her transformation in the past year is just absolutely crazy. Like our goal hasn't been building muscle, but like she's jacked as hell now. Um, It's (laughs) super cool. And she's gotten so much stronger, um, really improved her relationship with food. And that all came down to tracking. Like, like you said, it was making sure that she's eating enough food to fuel her body, to do the things that she wants to do. Um, And that's something with, with a lot of my power, especially a lot of my powerlifting girls that we really have to focus on is like, are you eating enough to fuel your body, to do the things you want to do, to build muscle, to build strength? Um, and, and with like, with what we do, um, being at home a lot and working from home, um, when we get super busy. Um, I love utilizing tracking to make sure I'm eating enough. Cause there's some days where I'm like, Oh shit, I've been eating in like eight hours yesterday. And no wonder I'm, st- yeah, no wonder I'm starving. I came home yesterday and told Chase, I was like, yeah, I have a 1700 calories left. Like, no wonder my workout was really hard. I was like, I'm starving. I was like, this is going to take forever for me to eat the rest of these calories. Um, so I, I think it, it really helps build a lot of awareness. Um, but it's not, again, it comes down to, it's not a right or wrong answer. It's what's going to work best for you and your lifestyle. But if you go about it the right way, I think tracking is a super powerful tool to help create food freedom. Yeah. My, my journey, I, I did not start tracking. I already mentioned to you before we talk about fasting. I started with intermittent fasting and eating quote unquote clean foods. Um, and when I first started in uh, March or April, when I, um, started to first start tracking and that was when I started, when I first met a nutrition coach, she started telling me more about, you know, macronutrients and calories and all these things. And so I started tracking, um, and it was actually really eye opening because I definitely was eating way less than I should have. Um, when I was eating clean, quote unquote, again, um, I was probably eating 12, 14, 1600 calories a day. Um, when I very first started my journey and that was by intermittent fasting and just never ate anything like no sugary stuff, no junk food, no fast food, nothing like that. And so that was when I started to realize I really started increasing my calories. And, and then since then I've definitely uh, like kind of similar to what Brevin was saying. I've had my times when I've intentionally taken time off from tracking. Uh, I know when I first, when I worked with a, my second coach, he started having me like just like more time to experience like not tracking. He was like, you know, like, you know, every day we'll alternate, you know, like this week on Monday, you're not going to track next week on Tuesday, you're not going to track next week on Wednesday, you're not going to track and just like getting more, more comfortable with like not being so focused on tracking as often. Um, and also that way I couldn't pick what days I didn't want to track. Like it wasn't like, Oh yeah, the birthday parties today. I'm not going to track today or, Oh yeah, I'm not going to track any Saturdays because I don't want to track on Saturdays. It was like more or less just kind of at random every week. Um, that just kind of challenged my way of like thinking about tracking and tracking on the, you know, no matter what day it was. Um, and then definitely, you know, again, like kind of had the days, you know, I've got, got away from tracking some weeks and I've had even like months that I've gone away from tracking. And then I'm also picking it back up a lot more now, especially with the challenge and things. So I'm looking forward to get back into it because it definitely does encourage you to make sure you're eating enough, but not too much. And also getting the appropriate um, nutrients. I should also mention that when I first started tracking, I was focusing on a calorie or excuse me, a carb, fat, and protein goal. And when I started working with my second coach, he was like, yeah, for the majority of fat loss clients, really, you don't have to focus too much on the carb and fat goal, as long as you're getting in, you know, an adequate amount. Like if you're, if you're someone who like is afraid of eating carbs, okay, maybe we need to keep a closer eye on the carb goal. If you're someone who eats really low fat, maybe we need to keep a closer eye on it. But a lot of times they just kind of even out. So I was just focusing on hitting a minimum protein goal and hitting my overall calories. And that's what I do now. Yeah. And, and one more thing I want to kind of throw in there is I, I really do believe that utilizing tracking as a tool to build awareness and to help you create food freedom and allow yourself to um, incorporate your favorite foods um, it is a great tool. It's not for everyone, but I do think it's a great tool. And if you do it right and you have the right mentality around it, it can be a very, very powerful tool. Now, the goal for most people is not to track forever. Now, most people, I don't expect to be like me or Chase or you who like can just go into track and it's not really a huge deal. Um, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy tracking just so I know that I'm staying on track and stuff like that. But the goal for most people is to build awareness. And for a lot of people, this is a good tool to help you build awareness to be able to intuitively eat down the road. Again, not for everyone, but I do think that is something that uh, is a powerful tool. If you've never done it, um, I think that if you have someone that can teach you the right way, it's really cool. The other thing I want to add, that, that's a good point, Brevin. I was going to touch on that. I don't actually want to track forever. Um, tracking is here or there for me. It doesn't cause any sort of emotional or stressful response at all. It's, it's 
it is what it is. It's very easy to me. It's second nature if I want to track or not track, um, which is important. I know that's not the case for everyone. Um, but also, <clears throat> so when I started my weight loss journey, I was significantly heavier than what I am now. And I, I could lose weight, like just by adding more walks or taking away, you know, um, sodas for a week or something. And, it, and I would lose weight that way. If I added vegetables, I, I remember adding veggies into my meal at the beginning, adding just protein and veggie. Um, I just was losing weight rapidly. So I think when it comes to tracking, it depends also where you are in your journey. So I track now because I am in a deficit. I am intentionally losing weight, but my body doesn't respond to, um, deficits the same way as it did in the very beginning, if that makes sense. So when I had, you know, 100, 200 pounds to lose, so depending on where you are in your journey, if you are three, four or 500 pounds, you can very well lose weight just making changes in your routine without even having an awareness of what your maintenance, what your deficit, what any of your calorie numbers, numbers are. And I actually encourage people who are starting at, in that phase to like, not focus on those numbers. I think they can deter away from a lot of the habits and routines that we do want to focus on. Um, that being said, if you do lose 100, 150, 200 pounds and you're down to your body's, you know, you have this more control over it, it's very hyper responsive to different changes in your metabolism, things like that. That's when I started tracking because I needed to fine tune my deficits a little bit more. Um, we're almost and I don't want to deter anyone in the weight loss, but the, the more weight you lose, the more challenging it does get. I think that's a great point. Um, I'm really glad that you, uh, you said that. Uh, and, and one reason that I, and like, I'm sure Chase plan to continue to track or are for very specific performance goals. Um, but not everyone has those goals. And that's where like, it's not a one size fits all approach to any of this. Like it all completely comes down to like, what is your long-term goal? If your long-term goal is I want to create food freedom for myself and not have to be um, looking at the scale every single day, then awesome. Let's learn how to do that. Yeah. And, and I think one thing that's also important just to kind of wrap up the tracking piece is also remember guys, like this is a tool in your tool belt and you can always pull it back out whenever you want to. Like that's the joy of like learning how to track. Even if you don't like it, I encourage you to like learn how to do it. And then like, let's say like two years from now, you know, let's say you have, let's say you stop tracking and two years from now you start noticing the scales going up a little bit. And you're like, you know what? Like, Hey, I, I think I'm losing a little bit of control of, or not control. But I don't think it's the right word, but like just losing some awareness, like what I'm actually consuming. I'm just going to take one week and just start tracking what I'm, what I've been eating and just see where I'm at. And it's just a tool you can just pull out whenever you want to. It's just, again, another tool in your tool belt that you have access to whenever and however you need to use it when you need it. Cool. I think let's, let's kind of like wrap up with like talking into, let's kind of dive into more of like training and like exercise and cardio and things like that. And kind of get some like different opinions and, you know, perspectives on how each of these things have been applied in each of our journeys. I'll let you jump into this one, Abigail. I talk a lot. I think I've started <laughs> the last two or three. <laughs> I love this because I get a lot of questions from clients on like what type of workouts I should do and things like that. And I think the three of us are a good example of finding what you like the the workout that you're going to do the work the best workout for you is the one that you're going to do the longest if you hate running don't run <laughs> out. i threw my hand up i hate running i i hate it so much it sucks every time i try to do it i'm like why am i doing this to myself <laughs> but the same thing yeah. could be asked for someone trying to squat a bunch of weight so Exactly. Yeah. So there are so many ways to move your body guys. I cannot stress that enough. And any movement is better than no movement. A hundred percent. Now there's a lot of science to support weightlifting. So I'm just going to throw that in there that if you weightlift and do resistance training three times a week, you will be far, far way healthier and ahead of the population. However, um, (laughs) (laughs) lifting makes you cooler. That's science. (laughs) Hashtag science. Um, so that being said, my own experience is I was like, I danced a little bit growing up, but I was never very into sports. I was never comfortable, you know, running around and doing other, um, like very highly active things. Gyms were terrifying to me. I had a treadmill in when I was growing up in high school with my goal weight, um, pinned to the wall in front of me. And I would just run 
run, 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 run on that thing. I, to this day, still have like a little bit of PTSD with treadmills. I definitely prefer I want to give you a hug. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so to me, and I saw my mom running a lot, um, it just like this cardio, it's like, this is how you stay healthy. You must run. Um, and I wasn't exposed to a lot of other options. And then... I tried a few things over the years. I tried yoga, um, which it turns out I have a, I'm high up on the hypermobile spectrum and <laughs> yoga is yeah, not like ideal. The very opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were going to end ranges that had no strength and it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, I've tried yoga. I've tried, you know, different form. You go into the like orange theory, but gyms like that. Um, and I always enjoyed them, but I never found any consistent sustainability. And then I found, um, CrossFit and I started with that and I actually really enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the weightlifting component the most, um, because there was still in the back of my head, like this, like I must do cardio to lose weight. That's what I must do. And I, I felt like I was being forced to do it. And I hated, I fought that. Um, and then it did CrossFit for a while. And now I still do CrossFit type workouts. It's definitely more like functional, um, fitness workouts that I do myself. So think like CrossFit, OPEC, street part, like all these types of workouts. Um, Parkour. <laughs> That's all I can think about when you were saying that. <laughs> parkour my dog does parkour <laughs> so does my cat <laughs> um but now I actually really enjoy cardio for the mental capacity now that I've like released any expectations of that's what I need to do for fat loss and I recognize that the weight training is actually way more effective for my weight loss and weight management um I quite enjoy a good cardio session with the row bike ski or just doing um, a little bit of running here and there, things like that. I, I really enjoy cardio now within my workouts. Um, I do probably four days of, of lifting and then like a day or two of just conditioning. Yeah. So I think I'm kind of uh, on the opposite end of that spectrum. Um, <laughs> I started out, like I played sports all growing up. Um, so our punishment was always running. So I think I just associate running with like, this fucking sucks. Like I did something yeah. wrong. I hate it. And it's also really hard and I'm not good at it um, because I don't do it. So every time I do it, I'm like, <sighs> like, okay, you've only run half a mile. Shut up. <laughs> uh, but I always, even in sports, uh, grew up like lifting. And it's funny. Like I look back and I hated lifting for football in high school because they'd make us come at like six in the morning and work out until we threw up because they had no idea what they were doing. It's like, this is so stupid. I would never do this. And then we'd go smash an entire pizza after our lifting session before our football practice later that day. Um, hindsight, 2020, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> I started out, uh, I didn't really get back into lifting until uh, I started my fitness journey. I was probably, uh, I actually started out doing cardio. Uh, I was in the basement gym of my dorm at Michigan state. And I would hop on the elliptical and do that. And I just, I always viewed it as like a punishment to myself. And I was like, I fucking hate this, but like, I have to do it for fat loss. And I think that mentality right there was exactly why I hated it. Um, but then I finally got into lifting again at my apartment gym in college. And I was like, I know I'm an exercise science major. Like I understand this stuff, like let's do it. And I was like, this is kind of fun. Like I enjoy this. I was still doing the treadmill all the time or the elliptical or whatever. Um, but I was like, this is kind of fun to get stronger. And then I hired my first coach and like, I really got into it. Um, and it was like, I love pushing myself. And I worked out with a, like a bodybuilder for, for the longest time, just really trying to put on muscle. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and I actually remember saying at one point, like, I'm never going to be a power lift because I'm never going to be the strongest person ever. And I, I'm super competitive. So like, if I'm not going to be great at it, then I'm not going to do it. Um, so, uh, then I Our finally was like, literally the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I was like, you know what, I'll give it a try. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's the same as you was like, I love the, the game, the mental game of like going into a really heavy squat or a really heavy deadlift. I don't have a really heavy bench, so I don't ever have that issue. Um, same. but like going in there and like, I want to, I'm going to put 500 pounds on my back and I'm going to go down and let's see if I can come back up. Like, I love that game. I'm um, just pushing myself. And it was less about like being the best 
And like, it was more about beating myself mentally um, and beating myself. It was just me versus me every day. And I, I really love that aspect. And I think down the road, um, I, I would love to try other forms of exercise. I just, I found something that I really enjoy and like going to the gym is so therapeutic for me. And Jared Hamilton says that best, like going to the gym, isn't therapy, but it's very therapeutic. Um, like it's super cool to go in there and to work out and to just put everything else away. And like you versus you every single day that you go in there. Um, so that, that was my kind of thing. Like uh, my cardio is like, I'll go on a walk or maybe an inclined walk, anything other than that. And I'm like fucking dying. My, my cardio is sets of eight on squats. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not running. Um, I, I, there is benefit to it. And I definitely have clients. Cause like, like we said, there, there's not a one size fits all to this. Like, I don't expect all of my clients to be power lifters. Um, I do expect all of my clients to, to lift in some capacity because I want all my clients to be really cool. Um, <laughs> and all the health benefits that come with it, whatever. Um, but I have clients that run marathons and lift and they're, they're like cross athletes. Um, so it, it's really cool to see the, the crossover between those and, and what you enjoy. And like you said, you're going to come back and do the things that you really enjoy and movement is medicine. So yeah. like find something that you can do that's going to help you move and keep doing it. Try different things until you find something and you can always come back to other stuff, but lifting really does make you cool. I am going to encourage every form of movement, except for what you said, unless you are like trapped in a snowy blizzard and it's the only piece of equipment that you have, do anything but the elliptical. <laughs> that, is all, that is all I did on when I first started my fitness journey was the elliptical. I was like, I hate the treadmill. I'm not going to run. Walking isn't fitness. <laughs> which is so funny because I always tell people now that like walking's the, the single greatest piece of exercise that could possibly exist. Cause every single person can do it. And every single person can benefit from it. Um, yeah. and but it's like a zero cost. Every other movement that you will do in the gym or kettlebell or treadmill or yoga or CrossFit or late lift, everything else you do, you do in daily life. You uh -huh. will never elliptical <laughs> life. <laughs> At no point Cross in country. Life, is that transferable? <laughs> No, a hundred percent. And and when I started, it was literally like, I don't know how to lift. And I remember not liking that in high school. Um, I hate the treadmill. I was like, that's the only other piece of uh, thing that I could do. And like, I'm kind of, I'm too fat for the bike and I hate doing it. So fuck it. I'm just going to hit the elliptical, I guess, and see what happens. Like I can put my phone up and watch Netflix. And that's, yeah. that's like my reward for hating my, hating myself <laughs> enough to do cardio right now. My my journey has been more like, I, I definitely started with both weights or well, more like the machine weights and also, um, cardio as well. Elliptical. Definitely. We also had, I'm not sure if you guys know what the arc trainer is. Um, it's kind of another type of elliptical machine. And then also we had like, we call it the ski machine. I don't know really what it was, but it was like, basically like well, another movie you probably oh. never do, but it's like the elliptical. That's like sideways, basically. <laughs> Those are cool. It was, hey, it was like whatever is different. It wasn't the treadmill. And it wasn't the bike. I was also the same yeah. kind of thing. I, I, I said something else. So I said like 30 minutes on that. And then I would go do some type of like random weight machines. And then I got into more of like the weights. I hired one of the personal trainers for like a month at the gym just to like introduce me to like some more barbell work. He showed me how to squat, showed me how to deadlift, showed me how to bench and showed me how he's like the dumbbell work, a couple of things like that. Um, and also like, then I just kind of, and then once I left with him, I was just kind of doing things on my own. So I was like finding some different apps with some like different programming and things like that. So like to try out. Um, and then I hired an online personal trainer who ended up being my nutrition coach after a while. Um, and I really just like fell into love with like the training and being able to like see those numbers going up. And like every week it was like just making like these huge gains, like every single week, you know, those newbie gains that we all love in the very beginning. Um, seeing all those just really pushed me to keep going further and further and further. And and then now with like the powerlifting side of things, like I've just absolutely fallen in love with that. It's just like, I, I, I was not a sports person. I literally paid play like one season of T-ball growing up. And like when I was probably like, I don't know, like five, six, whatever it was. And then it was like, yeah, don't like that too much running and I'm done. So I didn't do that. Um, so I wasn't a sports guy. Um, cardio wise, like I said, I, I used to do some elliptical stuff when I first started working out. When COVID hit back in uh, 2020, when the, all the gyms shut down, I didn't have any equipment and I was like, oh my gosh, 
I, how am I going to stay active? I have to do something. So I was like, I'm going to run. I'm going to get running. And so I got into running and I did that for a while. And then actually one of my friends convinced me to sign up for the Disney marathon that she was going to be running the year later. And so I signed up for it and started training for it. I did like, there was like a training plan for like how long you had to run each day and for multiple times a week to get ready for it. And I started having some IT band issues. Um, so I went to PT actually. I was like, all right, I'm not gonna let that stop me. I'm gonna go to PT, work through this. I did like probably four or five months-ish of PT doing all the exercises. And really it just, it was, it would relieve a little bit. But usually by the time I got to mile like seven or eight, it would start really flaring up. Um, and then the furthest I got, I actually did run like 11.7 miles without stopping. Um, but once, and then after that, each week, when I would get up to like that 10, 11, close to that 12 mark, my IT band was screaming at me, like literally so pissed at me. So it was like, you need to stop. And so it came to the point where it was getting more frustrating because it was like, I physically know I'm capable. Like I, I wasn't like dying short of breath. I wasn't, and you know, I, my mindset was like ready to keep, you want to keep going. But my IT band was literally making it so uncomfortable that it was no longer pleasurable for me. And I was like, I was starting to, so I was starting to dread it. Like the, all the long, all the long runs every week, it was just more like a dread. And so like, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I ended up canceling the marathon, which was a huge, like mental thing for me, because it was like, to me, I saw it as a failure and like, I'm, you know, I, I didn't stick with a commitment that I had. And so, but i used that momentum and I've shifted to really going into strength training and really doubling down on that. Um, I got some home gym stuff until the gym started opening back up. Um, but that was my way of like, not considering that a failure is like, no, now I'm going to, I'm still doing something. I'm still going to stay active. I'm going to do something. Um, so I kept jogging a little bit during that time, but I really put a focus on strength training during that time. Um, and then, yeah, now into the powerlifting, but I, I think also my, the, the reason I'm not a huge fan of cardio now is also because of some of those things in the past, like with like the, the IT band issues and the disappointment of not being able to like do the marathon and things like that. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of my history in a nutshell of all the training styles, but I have never run more than two miles consecutively at one time. <laughs> I remember that I was like, uh, me and my friend, Josh, uh, growing up, uh, we, we were both trying to lose weight in, in high school and we, we were doing the couch to 5k where was this app. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. I've done it. Um, yeah. Oh my God. I never made it through. I'd always quit halfway. I was like, <laughs> I hate this so much. Uh, we also did. It reminded me of one other thing. Uh, in middle school, uh, we would do P90X in Josh's basement with his dad. And <laughs> I, I didn't hate that, but holy crap, that was hard back then. Like I was definitely out of shape. And it was a lot of like hit style training stuff. And I was like, holy shit. We were doing it a couple times a week trying to lose weight. <laughs> I never stuck to it long term, but I thought that was funny. I just remembered that. That's what I was going to say for the record. If cardio is not just running in machines, like if you have one kettlebell or one or two dumbbells, I can guarantee you one of us three coaches can get you into a cardio zone. We can get some aerobic and anaerobic stuff going on. Well, like Brevin said, you just you hit, hit eight set or um, eight um, reps on a squat and that's cardio. <laughs> Dude, you're not kidding. After that, I'm like <gasps> seeing stars. <laughs> you power lifters. <laughs> yeah. We're a little lazy sometimes, but we make <laughs> it through. We do our volume training too. We make it through. <laughs> we can play the entire time though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. All right, guys, anything else that you guys want to chat about? I think we're getting close to an hour now. Um, I think we have uh, all rambled quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been really cool, though. I, I like this. This is a good shift. I think, you know, maybe like once a month or so, if we just like kind of ramble on certain topics instead of the q and it'd be fun. Um, so I think it's I think it's fun to, to talk about the things that we've done in our past or like our fitness journeys too. Like, I know people are always curious about like, oh, how did you lose 100 pounds or 100 plus pounds and keep it off? Like, it wasn't always a pretty journey. Yeah. We fucked up a lot. We did a lot of weird <laughs> shit. We tried stuff. Um, I mean, that's why we're here and that's why we have the experience to help you. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, guys, I think that's all we have for today's episode. Again, if you guys have any questions, 
Um, I will have the link down in the show notes for you to submit a question for the podcast Q&A. We'd love to have some more questions coming from you guys. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out if you want one, or you can remain anonymous. But, um, and then also, again, just another reminder, get signed up for that Momentum Building Challenge. Again, this will be coming out on the second, but it is not too late. You can definitely hop right in. And again, it's you versus you. So don't feel like you're, you know, oh, I'm a day late, so I'm not going to win the competition. You know, it's, it's all against yourself. So get in there. We'd love to see you in there. We'll see you on the next episode of the Coach's Roundtable. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Shades and Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.